Hit a little flat. Oh, that joke's. <laughs> he made me say it. He made me say it. <laughs> I'm sorry, church. Man, we're so glad you're here. These were actually just uh, some cutouts that were um, at the link. They were at every Eagles home game. Yeah, it was so. collected them for us. So, yeah. So you got to have fun when you can have fun, the right? The truth is uh, we were tired of not having anybody with us in the studio, so we had to make ourselves. I uh, said this. This is, if I could just talk from behind this. I know, you would love Sunday, it. Sunday, this would be my dream. It would be. <laughs> <laughs> from behind the curtain, that's awesome. It would be fantastic. Happy Sunday. Hey, guys. Morning, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Mm, which is, uh, hey, did you Happy know, Valentine's by the way, Day. by the way, by the way, that uh, St. Valentine is the patron saint of beekeepers. I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know, know that. So honey is an, uh, is an appropriate gift. On Valentine's Day, I would assume. That's uh. Is this? Are you setting me up to know? That's <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, honey. <laughs> no. So bad today. Really bad. It's really really bad. Hey, we want to give a shout out to uh we uh someone who we desperately yes. love, Pastor Ron. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, buddy. We love Pastor you so Ron. much. Happy yes. birthday, dude. He is. If you uh, haven't got a chance to a really get man. to know Pastor Ron, Pastor Ron has been with us from the very beginning, from uh, day one, and he and Pastor Irene are cornerstones. At this church, they are pastors who just love people. They yes. love God. They are insightful yep. and wo- they're so wise and kind yeah. and two of the most generous people so wise. I've ever met in my life. So, uh, man, we, we love you, dude. Yeah, um, we do. So, and also, well, next week we're going to be wishing someone else a happy birthday, which I know. is Pastor Irene. Irene. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Exactly. That. That's a lot of birthdays. And then there's somebody's birthday coming up soon. Yeah, as well. well, that's right. Woohoo! Yeah. And uh, hey, we want to take a chance, uh, take a chance, take, take an opportunity just to welcome guests this morning too, man. Yeah, and if this is one of your first times with us, we want to welcome you. This is Kyle. My name is Danielle. And we, as much as we take the word seriously, we also have to have fun, yeah, right? We absolutely. have to just, you know, just speak joy into our We've been doing this for a while now. We've been so, doing yeah, this yeah, for a minute. Yeah. Um, so we hope that you... Um, feel like you found a place to not just call home, but a place that equips you to become um, a, a deeper disciple of Jesus um, after your time all together. Because it's not you're not just having time with us; you're having time with each other. So welcome. And if you want to find out a little bit more about us, you can just check out our link tree link that's there on whatever platform you're um, you're joining us on today, and just get to know um, our heart and our heart for God a little bit more. There's so much. Look, there, the truth is, there's so much even now in the midst of what's going on to be a part of a church. Uh, you, can, you can be discipled and maybe even uh, better than ever before. Uh, there's so much resource a- available between chat room, which we'll tell you about in a little bit, uh, which is just kind of how we l- get deeper into the word with our shoulder to shoulder, our women's discipleship groups, our forge, uh, our forge, which are our men's discipleship groups that meet every week. And, and look, this, these aren't just times that we get to know other people, although those things are great. It's actually times that we get to be refined and get yeah. pushed and, and help to remove some of the stuff, D, and build up, right? So yes. I know the, the Bible actually says yes. that we need to uproot, right, and tear yeah. out and plant and build up. And, yeah. that, and that's what, the, what all those things help us to do. So yeah. thanks for coming this morning, being a part of a global body, a bigger body than just where we are. And we believe God's moving where you are. I, I, we don't just say that. I, I want you to know every week we, we pray. That there's there are miracles happening yes. in your house. Yes. That there, that there are healings happening as, as people watch this and listen Amen. to this. The Holy Spirit. If you watch the chat room on Sunday uh, or on Wednesday, you know that God is outside of time and space. God functions outside of time and space. So He is not uh, not restricted by the fact that we're not all in the same building. 
The Holy Spirit is in the room with you today, and He is He's in, in your life today, and He has the power, the resurrection power of Jesus, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in us, and He has the power to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can even think about today. So I'm believing for miracles today. I hope you, if you need one, you're saying amen right now. I hope if you know someone who's, you need, yeah. who needs one, you're saying amen. Yeah. Um, it's, it happens to be uh, a month that we love. Yeah. Um, it's, this is a Black History Month. And um, last week you shared such a, a beautiful story. And I wanted to share uh, one today about uh, a pioneer who uh, truly, sure. like, like, man, it's so inspiring. Sure. It, like, it's just his story challenges challenges me it inspires me um i'm um it, it makes me a little bit uh it's a shame that his story is not known more i think yeah. in 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 the church definitely, today definitely. um but uh his name is george lyle and uh george was uh, born in 1750 uh on a on a plantation in virginia he was born into slavery um and and yet that didn't define his life actually um he he, at the age of 23, uh, while still being in slavery, he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of his life. It was after a, a local pastor had taught him how to read right, um, by, right. by reading the Bible, yes. which, by the way, would have got both of them in trouble. Uh, but he just, and, and it wasn't just that he, he loved Je- I mean, he, he learned how to read. He had such a passion for Jesus. He started yeah. going to the Baptist church there, such a passion for Jesus. He was the first person after just two years of being saved, the first person, uh, black person who was ever um, licensed by the Baptist church to preach the gospel. So he's, he is America's first black Baptist preacher. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and he plants, a, uh, you know, he, his, his ministry grows so much, he plants a church, the first uh, black church, Baptist church in Savannah, Georgia. It grows and prospers so much. But he wasn't, there was something stirring in his heart. Where know, you like, don't see where this story is going. You, you kind of think like, oh, Like, that's really cool, this, right? Like, like if you just do like that, like, that's I cool, right? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and his, his um, uh, you know, he was freed from slavery uh, in this process. So uh, he was a free man. Um, but something was stirring in his heart. Even though he had this great, am- amazing thing going on in Savannah, uh, something was stirring in his heart for uh, the slaves in Jamaica, and he couldn't get past it. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, didn't, he didn't have enough funds to get there for himself. And this, this struck me to the core, and you and I were talking about it last night, but he sold himself into indentured servanthood so that he and his family could get to Jamaica he was a free man who gave up his freedom so that he could get to Jamaica as the first Ameri- he's the first American missionary the very first missionary that was ever sent from this country out to another country even though if you look at church history and look at American history they're going to tell you that it's Adoram Judson um, but Adoram Judson was 30 uh, uh, 30 years later, mm. this man was, was laboring in the fields of Jamaica for 30 years before what we think of the first missionary is that goes yeah. out. And when he lands there and he starts to preach the gospel, he's faced with hatred and racism. He's thrown in prison for three years for preaching the gospel to, to slaves. They, 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 they accused him of, of, of putting in them a rebellious spirit. Uh, and, you know, but even through it all, all those years, he, he planted multiple church, churches. He comes out of it. We see over 8,000 people in his life, D, over 8,000 people Love it. came to Jesus. 
like it's such a picture what? of the gospel, right? What like we were yeah. we we were in slavery. Like picture not I mean, you know, yes. right? Picture Jesus sets us free and then we come back to be a servant of God. But he didn't do that just spiritually. He did it yes. in real life. Exactly. Like he knew the pains. He knew the cost of what it would cost him personally to be able to be a missionary to people who are enslaved. And he just said, he said, I cannot but preach the gospel. I cannot but preach the gospel. So I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm inspired. Our, our children should know so those stories. Grateful, yes. Our children should know the stories of the men and women who went before us and whose shoulders uh, we stand on, these men and women. Um, and there are some days, that he, he sold himself into indentured servanthood. There are some days, I don't, want, I don't want to get out of my pajamas, right? Yes. So, I mean, the, the, the selflessness, he would be probably the first person to tell us that it, that it, it can only come from intimacy with Jesus because you don't just make that kind of decision Correct. in your life no matter how good of a person you are. That's right. You have to love the Savior that you are sacrificing to bring his name yeah, he to Yeah, he wasn't just others. a gifted preacher. I mean, he wasn't just a gifted preacher. The gift the gift uh, was used out of the overflow of that love mm -hmm. that he had. And it loved, yeah. obviously he loved people, right? And he, and he could have made, uh, I guess when, when I think about him, he could have made his quote-unquote success in, on, in the States his correct, excuse correct, to not, not go, go there yeah. because you can tell yourself what the difference I'm making here. Correct. And his I'm, church is still going. 240 wow. years later, his church is still going. You want to talk about legacy? And there's so much, wow. I can't even get into it. What he started in Jamaica actually helped bring an end to slavery just a few years after his death. Like, it, the story of what he did, and no one knows it, it and, is tragic. And also that he he probably very well knew that he was going to be a part of something that had the possibility the possibility of happening, but not necessarily in his lifetime. Yeah, correct. And that's the other Legacy. part that just uh, just astounds me that he didn't get to be the person that lived in the complete blessing of yeah. it. But to see he, it all. Yeah, to see it all. So, but, but isn't anyway. that what Hebrews 11 is all, all talking about mm -hmm. there? All those who came before Jesus, they, know, they didn't, they he saw it, up. but they didn't see it all. Mm -hmm. They knew it was coming, but yes. they couldn't walk in the footsteps yes. out of it. I think that's where we get tripped up sometimes, and we're not, we're not even in the sermon yet, but we get tripped up because we see the promises of God. Like we, we get, we hear all the promises mm -hmm. of God, and we have a certain expectation of how they should look in our lifetime. And we're only looking at them in our lifetime rather than looking at them outside of this mm -hmm. eternal life that we have mm -hmm. and the bigness of God. Yeah. And we're, we see we see his promises through such a small keyhole. Yes. Um, and we want to try to keep bringing those. Our, uh, our keyhole. Our keyhole. In our Yeah. <laughs> in our we, we don't want to expand the keyhole. We, we, we want, we want, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, babe, I know we want to continue to worship yeah. today. So yeah. I'm going to step out, let Jakey step back in. But, but guys, can I just tell you... Um, it, um, learn, be inspired by the giants. We are surrounded by mm -hmm. such a great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us, not to condemn us, but to inspire us to love God and love people even more. Now we're going to just turn our hearts and spirits attention to talking about the powerful, beautiful name of Jesus. Cause you have no rival and you have no equal get now and forever god you reign your 
Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. And what a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is, and nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name is this, and nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. One more time. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. I thank you that you gave us that name to be able to say, that you gave us your name to know, you gave us your name to stand beneath, you gave us your name to stand on. I thank you that you surround us on every side and Father, I pray that you would teach us today how to surround you with our love for you. We think so often, God, about how we want you to surround us in our life. And I pray, Father, that you would help us find the words today to explain what it can mean for us to surround you more with our love and our passion for you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I love that song, babe. Love yes. it. I love it. I hope that that, uh, that that song stays with you this week. And, um, and, and can I just really encourage you, church, when, when we're in these moments, uh, don't be a spectator. Like, even now, uh, I think one of the greatest challenges we face in church, whether we're live, in person, or whether we're online, is uh, the, the spectator spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our, our prayer, matter of fact, that we're redesigning the inside of the church at Cherry Hill and everything else so that people don't feel like spectators. We want uh, you to recognize that we are one body yeah. living this out together. So, hey, uh, I know you have your Bibles. Good. How about that? I know you have your Bibles, uh, electronically or physically. I hope you have your notebooks because, look, we want to help, you know, taking notes helps. Um, If you brought your, if you have your Bible, open with me to 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. Um, We've been talking about love. Uh, We were talking to the team the other day uh, and for a while about how uh, some of the questions that people have about are how to love God. How do we really love people? What does love really look like? And so on Valentine's Day, we thought we'd start talking about love a little bit more um, and making love known back to God. How do we reveal our love back to God? How do we reveal our love for other people? And so we're, we're going to study over the next little bit uh, the book of 1 John. Mm-hmm. Because 1 John is written by the disciple whom Jesus loved, uh, which is John. Um, and they have this really unique kind of relationship. Um, at least it seems to be from John's expression, which right. really is beautiful. Because I think that's, I think the, the, 
some of the power of it, D, is like John is not just hearing about the love that Jesus has for people. He's self-appropriating it. Yeah. He, he's not saying Jesus doesn't love everybody else, but he's saying, right. I recognize that Jesus loved me. Yeah. And it really did change the way I think he interacted with himself. It also tells you that he experienced love from Jesus because yes, you, don't, correct. you don't stay in someone's presence for three and a half years. Never experience um, such an overwhelming love from them and in their presence and walking with them. You don't experience that and then live the rest of your life telling people about that person's love. No, it, it's true. Uh, and I just love that Jesus shared that part. He and, he, and he's the last one. He's the only one who's at the, the cross. Yeah. Um, he's the one that Jesus actually says, hey, keep my mama. Take care. Yeah. Hey, I need you. I can trust you to take care of my mama. Mm. And it's, it's a, it, there's this beautiful relationship between he and Jesus. But it wasn't really just about that. His whole message from there says because I've been loved by Jesus and because Jesus loves us, there's this uh, outward pouring of how, how do we walk in that? How do we live in that? How does that determine our life? And how do we give it away? And so today we want to talk about kind of walking in that light, right? In the light of Jesus because he's the light of the world. And I, I want to be oh, in the light as you are in the light, Lord. Talk. I want to shine like the stars up in the heavens. That's right. Old school DC talk. I was looking for the hay. Hey! <laughs> oh, Lord, be my light. Oh, that's a different key. Okay. <laughs> I can't hear anything right now. My head's so clogged. So, hey, it's all good. Um, no, but the truth is we're talk about today the color of light and uh, how to walk in that light with Jesus. So, um, we're going to start in verse 5 of 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. It says, this is the message that we have heard uh, from him, talking about Jesus, proclaiming to you. So this starts with God, Jesus, it comes uh, to us through the word. It says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth's not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just every time to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. That means disinfect us of all unrighteousness, of all of our ungodliness. If we say we have not sinned or that we're not sinning, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Um, Pastor D is going to take... Uh, at Okay, uh, I'm sure some of you just heard the uh, excited horn uh, that Pastor D is going to be preaching. Only took place um, in front of our home. <laughs> Pastor D is going to talk uh, a, a good chunk this morning, lay this thing out about how we walk in the light and that there is a color to light um, and how we live that out makes a difference, not only in our life, uh, but in our life with God and our life with others. Mm. And, you know, Kyle was talking about, um, we're really doing a study in the book of 1 John, not of the book of 1 John. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, in chat room, you know, that's kind of where uh, we get down to the nuts and bolts sometimes yeah, exactly. of, of, of different books. So, you know, the fact that we're jumping in on verse 5, it's because it, we're utilizing that book for God to be able to speak to us and highlight certain things. And this week, um, God has been giving us an interesting insight um into the word and it's one of those things that we 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 have a struggle between it being too esoterical right, right? esoteric, esoteric yeah. sorry yeah. <laughs> i was trying not to say ethereal yeah and it came out there um esoteric and too simple 
Correct. It's some ha- Correct. It's, it, when you start to talk about concepts, they can either seem like they go right over my head or this is so basic. Right. And um, what God was kind of uh, breaking down for us was a different side of something that we often think that we know. So I've been praying that God would give um, not just me language to explain it, but that he would really um, create space inside of your spirit for your spirit to really grab a hold of what his spirit is saying, not necessarily what I'm saying, but what he's saying. And it can testify even to your to your your soul, to your heart and your mind and your will, just as a regular human being. Absolutely. And the thing that struck me in the first chapter is that when he talks about, and, it's, and, and we utilize different versions as well of the Bible when we study, yep. as well as the Greek or the Hebrew. And uh, in one of the translations, it says that we are not practicing the truth. And it just struck me. I don't know if it was just the way that it was worded yep. when I read it or whatever, but practicing the truth because, um, you know, we can sometimes have such a disconnect verse to verse book of the Bible from another book of the Bible. And we don't really see them as very cohesive. Um, and so when we th- think of something like uh, in John, it says, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Right. We don't really investigate what God fully meant when he said no. Correct. So we just think if I just heard it and I was like, oh yeah, I heard it, it registers Correct. as if it registers that will set us free. Correct. Belief. Right. Is, yeah. And then we go here and we see that we are not practicing the truth. That's and right. And I'm like, oh, I guess so practicing is a dimension of, of knowing. knowing. Yes. And it just, it got me focused, not just on the onus of, uh, the onus is, there is a lot of onus on us to really investigate what it means to know, what it means to practice and all these things. But it also brought a lot of attention to my spirit, to what it means to practice the truth as in living in the light. Mm. And we've had a lot of conversations uh, lately about light and darkness and the fact that sometimes we think we know what we definitely don't know. Um, And if you were to put two real obvious things in front of me, do you think that a serial killer lives in the darkness or the light? Mm. We would kind of know very easily what category to put that in and that would be in our human category darkness right right? um but when god when god defines himself if god just had to define himself to himself and he would have to explain light he would not need to utilize any language that has to do with darkness yes so if god was explaining to himself hey self i'm all light i am light how would i explain that to myself he would be able to explain the purity of himself. Correct. The nobility Correct. of himself. The sacredness yes, of himself. The holiness of himself. The, yes. of himself, the righteousness of himself. He would not need to explain darkness. The problem is, is that we all really only know lightness In up comparison. against comparison to darkness. Yeah. So when God is talking to us, he already has to start with... Well, in him there is no darkness. Right, 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 right. But if he was talking to himself, he would just say all all of the good stuff. Right. So why are we talking about this? Because I think what happens, church, is that we start to live in that gradient life of gray, and we call it light. Yep. 
So then when we're in a situation, that's a real struggle for us. And we go to someone to be a sounding board or someone for counsel. and we, we explain it from the vantage point of, I'm not living in this situation in complete darkness. Right. So um, we often talk about this like, um, well, I'm not doing the worst thing, but I'm actually talking about how much light are we occupying. Yes. There is capacity in our spirits for us to occupy the light of who God is. All that is sacred, all that is holy, all that is righteous, all that is reverent, all that is honorable to each other. Yes. And we have the opportunity to occupy more of that space. But a lot of times we allow a scenario to downplay the amount of light we need to live in. And because it's not utter darkness, we call that gradient of gray light. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. I so know. Like I find it that way. Exactly. Yeah. So. Let me give you some examples of how God, because I'm going to just actually going to share with you how God was breaking it down. Yeah, for, me. for you. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, think about these. These are like five universally faced arenas of strife. So if you were to if you were to take away all the details of what we as humans face, and we were just to say overall, what does what do the biggest arenas in our lives when it comes to strife? What do they what do they involve, right? Right. So we would probably say in some way, shape, or form we have relational offenses with our family and friends. There's an offense there. Someone and, and, and I want you to picture yourself in all these scenarios as the person who is actually right. A lot of yeah. times we talk about we talk yeah, about offenses. Yeah. We talk about it like if we um, have not done everything perfectly. I actually want you to think about these scenarios as if you were coming from the vantage point of actually being the right person in these situations. So you have a relational offense with a family or a friend, uh, a family person or a friend, and you're actually coming from the right place. All right. Or you may have um, in in your workplace there may be disagreements or yeah. mistreatment in your workplace. And again, think of yourself not as the one who is wrong, but the one who is legitimately being wronged, okay? Um, in our, especially right now in our climate, there's focus on it, but it doesn't mean that it's um, only happening right now. But racial prejudice, yep. okay? So think of it yourself again as the person who is experiencing the prejudice and you are right in your standing. You are not the wrong person. And even stuff like this in, a finan in your financial attitudes, so your, your stewardship position all right. right so it's 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 a situation where maybe someone has taken from you financially that didn't have the right to take from you okay and then finally if you have any like a dispute with any authority figure it can be a landlord it can be a boss right it can be a leader it can be anyone who has any kind of like even in politics anyone who has power okay so now these aren't that that's not everything that you could be have but I'm, right. I'm thinking that within those five or six, whatever. Well, you've got a lot, you've got a lot of life covered. You can see yeah. your life somewhere got, in got, there. Got okay. A of, got a lot of life covered. So when you, when you see that, and so take one of those examples that's really been giving you grief in your life lately. Okay. Just think about that. You know, it, whether it's a, a, someone in your, in your very close circle that has been caused your, your heart to be seared. Hmm. If it's in your workplace environment, and someone really has caused you to be stopped in that um, in that going up your ladder of success, right? And and that yep. then affects everything, right? Um, if someone is affecting your financial wellness, if someone is oppressing you, 
all of those things. Think of that scenario right now. And then think about if you were to come talk to me about it, right? The first thing you would probably do is lay out the scenario and you would probably explain, remember, because you're the person in the right in this scenario, you would probably explain how that person or how that corporation or how that people group or whatever it is has done you wrong. And normally, when we, even if we have compassion, we get, we, are, we receive compassion from someone like, and, and great empathy, a lot of times what we then try to do, listen, if, if you are even one of the people that sometimes if you happen to be a leader in life and people come to you, what we end up doing is we end up aligning our empathy with people's darkness. Yes. Instead of helping them occupy the space of light that God has called us to, which is practicing the truth. Yes. So what happens is, is we, we can still give empathy, we can still give immense compassion, but remember, our goal is to occupy more space in the light. Yes. And our goal as Christians is to help other people occupy more space in the light. And so normally what happens is, is like, you know, I had the chance to just totally blast my boss. Right. I had a, I could have sent that email. I could have, you know, yep. told those three people that have so much influence or whatever it is. Or I, you know, just one call to my mama. Right, and right, she could right, have got, had right. all my siblings on my right. side. Whatever it is, I didn't do that. That's great. But what we have to focus in on is what is God telling us to do? Right. That's defining it by the dark. By the darkness. We're defining it by the gradient yeah, of darkness. Of, of yeah. darkness. We yeah. are defining it by, I'm not living fully in shadow. Right. But remember, when God defines what light is, it doesn't have any gray. Do with gray. Exactly. It has no, it has no, no level of shadow. Yeah. Exactly. So he's explaining to us in his word, and he's already done it. Say, so, okay, God, well, what would, what do you, what do you want from me? Don't you right, feel like right, sometimes right, if you're right, like, right. what do you want from me? Yeah. Like you're seeing the scenario, right. you're seeing how I'm being wronged, and you're seeing what I'm not doing. Right. You're seeing what I'm keeping myself from doing. What I'm constrained, you know, I've constrained myself from doing this. And we forget that that cohesiveness that we talked about in the Word exists for our good. It exists because His light has warmth to it, and it draws us to Himself. That's right. And in His Word, He also says, Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, yep. whatsoever is admirable, if there is any virtue and any praise, this is what you are to meditate. Yeah, meditate on these things. Yep. We don't have time this morning to go into all of it, but we did a study on the Greek of every one of those words and what it means. It means things like this when it says, whatever is honorable. Now, go back to the situation that we were just talking about. And what you will probably be aware of is how you have been dishonored. Correct. In some way, shape, Correct. or form, disrespected, Correct. dishonored, you know, overlooked, whatever it is. And God is saying that our response is not just to be happy that we are not bringing additional darkness, but we are supposed to bring light by being honorable. If yes. there is any portion of him that we can honor in this situation, we are to bring that into yes. it. When he talks about when he talks about what is right, he says whatever is correct in the in my eyes. Mm. That's actually what it means. Whatever is correct in the eyes of God, not what I would say correct. is correct because of what I feel a person does and doesn't deserve. But light 
is completely occupied by what is right in the eyes of God. And I'm going to hit one more and then I'll just, yeah. I'm going to end with this. The word lovely there, from my study, it's, beautiful. it's the only time it's, it's used. ever used. There's one occurrence of it used yep. in the whole word. It says, whatever is lovely, and that in the Greek means whatever has causes you to extend toward affectionately caring for someone. Wow. Whatever, whenever there is a time to extend forward yourself with affectionate caring, this is what you are to do. And that word, when it says meditate on this, do this, it says it, that really means to reckon with that until you've come to a conclusion over wow. it. And church, again, like I know it's there's somewhere between it being like so lofty or actually so practical. But the truth is, is that it's hard to mm. admit that a lot of my daily life, even if it's in my mind, is occupied by darkness. Because when I'm go when I'm overwhelmed by a situation, yep. a breakdown in relationship, my mind is so occupied that what did I do wrong, or I didn't do anything wrong, or what's wrong with them, or I can't believe this is happening. And that is literally the language of darkness. Yes. It is the preoccupation of the enemy. God would not have us get sidelined by those things. It's so funny. God's new thing with me is saying, that's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it is everything from like, I'll just like catch side something of like somebody and it looks like somebody's needs some, not, not in need, but like something's not right with somebody. And I'll be like, oh, I wonder if I... Yeah. Like fix the situation yep. where I'm not called to. And he's like, that's none of your business. <laughs> now he says, there are things that are your business. Yeah, correct. Thanks, Tabitha. Yep. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you know, you know what I'm talking about. But there are things that are just not my business. Yeah. But my mind, my human capacity wants to make those things my business. But they are the business of darkness. There is so much to work on in ourselves with the Lord Church about occupying a space of light and what it would have us yes. proactively doing versus what darkness gives us the out of not doing. Well, at least I'm not doing this. Yeah, Dee, I mean, I, I think uh, one of the things, one of the best takeaways we can get from that is to say we're not defining where we stand with God based off of what we're not, just not doing. Yes. It's actually, are we doing what light looks like? Yes. It's And, and that's where this gray comes in because... We, the gradient is, well, like you said, well, I didn't send that email right. that I could have to my boss. Right. I mean, I, 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 I use self-restraint. Right. Yeah, yeah, but the Bible says, did you honor him? Yes. Well, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't have to honor him because he's dishonoring me. No, 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 the Bible doesn't give us an out. Yeah. Um, you know, well, did you forgive? No, I don't, I don't need, you know, that person didn't forgive. It, it's not just what we didn't do. It's defining light by what we should be doing based off who he is. Yes. And that's Based where that who he, who, is. who he is, and that's the challenge, because God is light. Yeah. Right. So we um and and truth uh, and and truth and light. Um, it's light that gives us truth, and truth is a reflection of light. Mm -hmm. Right. So truth isn't just something that is true in the sense of it being compared to being false. And living in truth right. is not just not living a life that doesn't lie. Living yes. a, a, living a, in truth, the truth will set you free. If I know the truth, that word know is, is it's, it's, it's experiential, yes. right? It's like um, Adam knew Eve, right? It's, it's that's the concept. Yeah. So it's not you and I just knowing that right. what is right and wrong. 
Matter of fact, Eve knew what was right and wrong, yeah. and it didn't keep she her from sin. Right? Mm -hmm. She wasn't experiencing. She wasn't yeah. practicing truth. And that's where we have to come to in this, guys, that truth. Uh, it, we're, we're giving ourselves the wrong standard, and, 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 it, and it affects us. It does. And the problem is we don't think that it affects us because the standard in which we then view how much we love God um, or how good we are mm, right. is based off this gradient yes. of less, um, I'm less gray then. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's what what am I? What does light look like? And this this the the truth is, babe, that light um, and truth um, truth either establishes either like uh, an increase or it undermines intimacy in a relationship. Yeah, right. Right. It does. So, uh, and I'm not just saying again, not just being truthful. I'm saying truth itself, yeah. because when it comes to love, when it comes to being loved, when it comes to manifesting love to others, when it comes to manifesting love back to God, truth is foundational because truth yeah. comes from a relationship. Mm -hmm. It comes out of God. It comes from who he is. And it has this relational component to it. That's yeah. meant to, to, to birth life inside of us. And that's, that's what we've, I think before we even go any further, when we talk about light and truth, it, we have to recognize it's not just telling us what to do. Yes. Truth is a, it comes out of the Godhead. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's who he is. Right. Truth comes from something. Right. It comes from the Godhead itself. It came out of, out of the relationship of the Trinity into the world so that you and I know what mm -hmm. healthy relationship, God relationship, light relationship, right relationship actually looks like. The Bible says in John 1 17, John writes this in his gospel. Um, the law was given by Moses. Mm -hmm. What to do was given by Rose. The right things to do yes. was given by Moses. Yes. But grace and truth yes. came in Jesus. Truth is personal because it's who he is. Light reflects the very nature and character of God. So we don't get to look at it on a gradient scale mm -hmm. because God's character is not gradient. Yeah. God's character is true. That's why, that's why truth is not arbitrary. I keep hearing this, but truth is arbitrary. Truth cannot be arbitrary because God is. He's immutable, unchangeable. If you want to know what all that means, come to the chat room. I'm here to tell you the truth is that God is. Truth cannot be arbitrary when it comes to the light of truth, right? And, and, and that's why like things like marriage, relationships, workplace relationships, they are all hindered by our engagement with truth. Mm-hmm. Because the moment that we that. the moment that we disagree on the establishment of truth yeah. is the moment that there's a crack that opens in our relationship. Totally. And the moment that the enemy actually occupies that crack. Because don't you have your experience when you think you're on the same page with someone? Totally. Right? You think they have the same belief system, you think so and then as soon as there is a, the fissure is big enough where as the truth that is in dispute is a piece of your core. Correct. Right. Like, I can disagree with people who think vanilla ice cream is the best ice cream. They're wrong. It's totally wrong, but it's fine. Right. Okay? Right. But you say something that is a cornerstone of who I am. The first thing that happens when I realize that you really don't see the world the way that I see yes. it is distance. Distance. Because that's, that is what the whole goal of darkness is. 
is to create bigger and bigger chasms. Even if it's this big, it's still a chasm. Correct. And and, and, and that then continues, any crack we give the enemy continues to widen. Yes. Um, and that's what we see, you know, going back from the very beginning, Genesis 31, right? Um, did God really say? Here's yes. this intimacy between Adam and Eve. Yes. Here's this intimacy between Adam and Eve and God. And what's the first thing that he tries to do? Yes. Hey, can we reestablish what truth is? And when we, if we can't agree on what truth is, yeah. the moment that we didn't agree on what truth is, cracks came between Adam and Eve and between and God. And what you were talking about, Dee, this is what we need to grab a hold of this morning, is that there's a difference between preference and truth. Yeah. And a lot of times in church, by the way, come on Christians, we get those things wrong because we have a preference that then we believe theologically is truth, yeah. but it was just a preference. And, you know, in our relationship, right, when, um, D prefers Diet Pepsi. If I have to drink soda, I prefer Coke Zero because everyone knows Coke Zero is better. That's all I'm saying, right? She's wrong. I'm right. She prefers angel hair pasta, and everyone knows rigatoni is better, right? I mean, it's just, it's right. Yeah, see, you it's just right. crossed over. No. See, I was willing to not no. argue on the soda, but no. you just went into my very Angel hair heritage. is hardly pasta. There's hardly anything there. First of all. But, um, come on. You, all right, you, anyway. You don't even what? know what rigatoni is before you marry me. <laughs> but now I make rigatoni. Yes, you do. All right, then. Um. <laughs> no, your place. <laughs> All right, see truth so right there. So you got to know you truth. Too close to I, I, trust, that you, that I trust the holy of holies. Your sauce is better than mine. That was that was the core. Everyone that knows that's close. true. Um, look, here's what I would say: that truth. Such a good example. Preferences are not truth. Yeah. Opinions are not truth. Truth should affect our opinions, but we have this backwards. Yeah, very good. And so when we're not actually on, when we don't agree on truth, like here's the yeah. here's the reality. God, does, God's word doesn't talk about what soda is better or beverage is better, right. what pasta is better. But he does say, he does have a thought and a word and a truth about how we should raise our children. Hmm. That's probably different than the way you and I were raised. He does have a truth on how we should use our resources. Right. What should be our family priorities? What should how, how the atmosphere in our home should yeah. be? And 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 that's when when we go, yeah, but but I was raised or I think or I prefer, these are the things that cause cracks and divisions because they are shades and grades. Well, I'm not talking about us just living over here and I'm not asking mm -hmm. us to be swingers. I'm not talking yeah. about it being okay to have pornography in the house. I mean, but, but do we really have to have worship all the time? No, no, because God says that there's a, an atmosphere that we should be living in. There is a resource, there's, there's truth about the resources that, but that's not the way I was raised. And, and, and what we do so often is we, we go, we go, well, I'm, I, I didn't like the way that I was raised. So I just won't do that. Do that. Do, do that. the opposite. Right. Right. But, like but, or, like or I'll just true. do the opposite. Like that's true. Mm -hmm. And rather than saying though, God actually has a light. He actually yeah. has a truth inside of us. And you and I were talking about this, um, this tragic story the other day where, and some of you may know this story. But in 2 Samuel chapter 6, um, David is moving the Ark of the Covenant uh, to, uh, from one town into Jerusalem, right? This will mess you up if this, you're Dude, this will mess a. you up. This theology will mess you up. Again, if you need mm -hmm. some good theology, come to that room. Um, but the, he's moving it, and the, the Word says, the truth says, it's only ever supposed to be moved on poles on the shoulders of priests. Now, there's reasons for that. It's, it's yeah. typology. Don't have time to get into that right now. But David and his crew say, it's not a big deal. 
God really doesn't care how we move it, but just so that we, you know, it's, he, he really wants it in Jerusalem. So let's get it into Jerusalem. So they put it on an ox cart. Everyone's good with it. It's okay. It's not a big deal. What's the big deal? And as the ox cart is moving along, the Bible says an ox stumbles, the, 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 the cart tilts, and the Ark of the Covenant starts to fall. Uzzah reaches out and touches it to steady it, and God kills him. Like, that will screw you up. Because in this thought process, you know, they chose a preference over truth. They knew. They knew what was right. But this wasn't such a big deal. I mean, they weren't asking Satanists to carry it. Right. I mean, what's the big deal? That It's just an ox and a, and a cart. We were taking it to the right place, and they chose preference over truth. And then they got upset with God because their expectations, they began to create a God who disappointed them because he did not meet the expectations that they had out of their mm. preferences. And when he actually did what his word said he would do when you touch the ark, they got offended with God because they were living not in darkness, but in this gradient of light. And that's what we have this temptation to do because there is truth that God gives us. We choose to live out of preference in it, knowing we shouldn't be in darkness, but maybe we're not totally sold out to the complete light. And it affects our lives, and it creates this diminishes yeah. intimacy between myself and God, D. Can I say something? Yeah, no, I, please do. I feel do. like I hear people yelling in my ear. Yeah. It's like almost I feel like I hear what you're saying, you know, wherever you're, wherever you're watching from. But um, I feel like we're saying that's, yeah, that makes sense. If you're in a relationship with someone who has like belief systems, if you're right. in relationship with a believer who has any, you know, um, conviction to try to walk mm -hmm. in unity mm -hmm. with another person, but the scenarios that you might be thinking of don't involve someone who would ever have um, a desire to um, come together on the truth. Right. Right. Sometimes, or, or what you believe is the truth. Right. You know, other people might believe other things are the truth, and so you're like, so now what do I do? Because when we when we went through those five or six scenarios, a lot of times when we're in those when we're in those disputes with people, it's not with someone who might be willing to really go to the scripture right. and say, well, how are we supposed to be treating one another right now? But here's what we here's what I think gets lost a lot of times that when when we're bringing counsel to people, when they have um, a big situation in front of them that this is, this entails, um, this is where you start to realize that because there's not just there's not really pushback often in people as much as there is a checking out, and that's when you yeah. can tell that Gray has been given permission to set up shop because when when the word said whatsoever is true, noble, just, honor, pure, lovely, admirable. Okay, so when he said those things. He's describing himself. Correct. The, Correct. These are descriptive words of light. Yes. These are descriptive yes. words yes. of living in that space, of living in the light. So God did not say, when you are dealing with someone who has the absolute same belief systems as you, has the same commitment yes. to living by the word as you, on and on, then you can be these things. He is saying that we are to be like him. Be, and this is the thing that gets lost, church. It, we're not supposed to be like him because we're supposed to be obedient. Yes. Yep. We are yep. supposed to be like him because it draws 
he draws all men to himself. So when we are carrying the responsibilities, but yet privilege of creating more light in who we are, we treat someone honorably, even if what they're doing is not honorable. Yes. Because we are treating them with a portion of God that has the opportunity to yep. draw all men to himself, not draw all men to me to apologize. Yes, that's good. That's because really a good. lot of times, it, it, this is touchy, but it turns into like a tool of Christians. Yes, correct. Um, I'm just going to do this and do that in order to get something from that person, whether it's like pseudo peace or, correct. well, now we, just, we like, cool the temperature of the room and now we can agree to disagree. No, I am trying to function hmm. more in the light extending toward affectionate caring for someone who is completely opposed to me who is mistreating me who is not doing right by me because at the end of the day my life is meant to draw all men to himself not to solve the current disunity i am in with someone that's right and sometimes we say well you know that's not how that's not how my family works that's not how my workplace works that's because we are not making ourselves uh, responsible to bringing his portion of light into that darkness. Correct. It's not because it wouldn't be welcomed. It's probably because we haven't been submitted because we don't always connect with why. Why am I doing this? Why would I be yes. honorable to this person? Yes. Because even in this situation, it's an opportunity to testify of his love. That that That's it. Guys, and, and we're going to wrap up in a second, but that's it. Why is living in light and truth so important? Because truth is a language that God uses, a one of his languages that God uses to express his love to us. Amen. And it's our language yes. to express our love back to him. Yeah. And right. when we choose to live in his truth, we're speaking a language. Mm-hmm. It's not doing the right things. Yes. This isn't about creating a legalistic lifestyle. It's about it creating a, life, a, a love lifestyle that reflects yeah. love back. Every time God gives us his truth, Je- Jesus is truth, right? It manifests out of him. And we'll talk all about this maybe some next week about the manifestation mm-hmm. of, of love, the way that it's meant to be manifested. That's what that word means. But it, it's, it's God's, it's a language a language that God uses to reveal his love to us so that we know what light looks like. And it's a way that we love him back. And when we love him back, it reflects that love to other people around us. Not so that they love us, but so that they love him, right? Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine so that others may see it and be drawn to the Father. You've been saying that. But why 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 if there's only one why if there's only one why because living in the light choosing the light speak allowing our life to speak the language of truth actually is speaking back to god how much we love you so that's the beautiful thing jesus says this in matthew and in john 14 21 again john writes this he who has my commandments and keeps them he is the one who loves me and my Father's love will be made known in him, and I yes. will love him. Mm-hmm. It's not about doing the right thing or living the right life. Why is truth and light so important? Why is it not? Why is it so important not to live in a gradient of gray? Because I want my voice to speak clearly to him of the love I have from him. 
And one of the greatest languages of love that my God speaks is truth. And it creates a sacred ground that we walk on. And it creates a sacred ground that his promises get planted in and that his spiritual life grows through. That's what happens when we speak the language of truth with our life, not on Twitter, not on Facebook, with our life. Today, one of the greatest truths that you can hear and one of the greatest ways that you can speak the language of truth back to God is by understanding that while we were his enemy, while we didn't even know him, while we were spitting in God's eyes, he showed his love for us by sending his son Jesus to die for us so that we could have eternal life because God didn't send Jesus to condemn us, but that through him we might have eternal life with him, a relationship. He wants to close the crack, the gap of intimacy between you and him. Today, that's the invitation I give you. It's not the right works. It's saying yes to the truth. If I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in my heart, he died and rose again for me. Today, I'll be saved. If that's what you're looking for today, can I encourage you, pray this prayer with us. And my God will respond and meet you right where you are. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I've come to give you all my life. I've come to give you all my life. All that I am. All that I am. All that I have. All that I have. All that I ever will be. All that I ever will be. I choose to give to you. I choose to give to you. I'm asking you, Jesus. I'm asking you, Jesus. To be the Lord and Savior of my life. To be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of all my sin. Forgive me of all my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Make me your child. Make me your child. Today and forevermore. Today and forevermore. I choose to walk in the light. I choose to walk in the light. As you are in the light. As you are in the light. And give you all the praise. And give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Jesus is Lord. Yes. We rejoice with you guys. Yep. We know every week that there are people tuning in, not just to see what's going on here, but to really... Um, see if there's more for you in their lives. And I pray that that, that is what you just witnessed, that there Amen. is, in fact, something more for your life. So if that is um, the, a prayer that you prayed for the first time today and you want to understand it a little bit more, uh, if you want to understand what life can look like now, if you just want to kind of think about um, what you just experienced in real language and, and in a way you can understand, we have a free book that we would love to send your way. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. It was written by Pastor Rick Campana, who is on our team. And this is also the book that we give away through uh, Thy Kingdom Crumb, which is the TKC food truck that we do in partnership with Carson Wentz's AO1 Foundation. Love you guys. So if you've been through um, our, the line and you've received some, some, um, some goodies from us in the past, you may have already received this book. But if there's even people in your family that you would love to share this book with, it's a, it's a read that you will understand so yeah. much more when you get done, but it's yet very, it's a very simple, love it. so simple. very approachable book. We would love, love to send it. us your way. So send your name and your mailing address to the link provided, and we'll get that out to you this week. Yeah, talking about TKC, um, I, it, it kind of goes right into uh, our um, our asking for uh, our time of giving yeah. at this moment, our time of worship through giving of our tithes and our offerings, because we have an opportunity this year. We have, we've made a commitment, even in the midst of this uh, pandemic and all that, uh, everything that goes on, uh, to increase our giving as a church to TKC. Because D, we do get to feed you know, hundreds of people every week, but there's, 
hundreds of people we turn away. And we, we don't see that stopping. Matter of fact, we see the increase of it. And uh, we had a great meeting this past week with a uh, virtual meeting with TKC and so many uh, uh, new people. Great wanted, job, TKC. Yeah, team did a great job. And there's such excitement about it. But, but church, to be honest, um, we can make all the commitments we want, but we need to be committed as a church to make a difference in our community. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, he said, you're the, you, you and I, that's a corporate you, you and I, the church is the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. But he says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. It means no, no one takes what God does, gets on fire for themselves and keeps it just to themselves. Uh, when, when you, when you put a, a light, when you get, a, when you put a light under a basket, it's only for itself. He's saying, no, 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 man, we, we are here to be able to take what God has given us and be able to be a city set on a hill to, to bring light and love and transformation. That's what your giving does. Every time you go to either CCB or the Linktree app, whether you send in a check, however you're giving today, can I tell you, that's what it does. You are letting your light shine and it's allowing us to be a bigger city on a hill sending out light into our community. And I know, look, I, I, we, we, don't, we don't want, we don't serve a small God. And we don't want to have a small uh, uh, influence in our, in our community because we've got a big God that loves people in a big way. Uh, and we, we need real resources to serve real people in a real world so that they can get to know a real God. That, that's just the way that it is. We need real resources yeah. to serve real people who are living in real need in a real world because we serve and so that we can introduce them to a real God. So I, I'm, I encourage you, please give today. Please give, be a part of this, uh, and let's continue to, to be a city set on the hill and make a difference. Amen. Amen. I was just thinking, like, you know, sometimes it can get overwhelming um, as, as even as a church, you see such great need. Oh, you huge. can forget how great our God is. Yeah. Um, but I'm thankful, for, I'm thankful for a great church. Absolutely. A great church that can respond to great need and great vision and um, and just God's you know God saw this coming all of it absolutely this fill in the blank he saw this coming and I'm grateful that we haven't we have a chance to actually be this this be part of our greatest legacy not not building renovating a building right not you know like all those things are wonderful and we're doing all those things we're you know gonna have beautiful things for the kiddos and all that jazz it's awesome actually but even with all of that we we want our impact to be legacy impact absolutely and ongoing impact great need but great response from a great church from like, great people like george lyle Yes, exactly. Right? Like, right? It's, it's, it, you know, I've heard it said before, and we've said it in church a thousand times. It's not what you, it's not what you accomplish in life that matters. It's what you set in motion, and uh, we want to set things in motion in people's lives by being a light that outlive us. That outlive us. That, that outlive go us. far beyond us. Two hundred forty years later, that church is still going. Come on, somebody. Yes. That is awesome. Uh, generations are changed. Well. <laughs> All right, so chat room. The, the, uh, this, guy's chat, uh, this guy will be in chat room Wednesday at 7 o'clock, and we'll know a little bit more about uh, learning just the wholeness of God, the big pictures yes. of who God is. Yes. And we have shoulder to shoulder coming up tonight. All the ladies. All the ladies. All the single ladies. <laughs> no. And all the married ladies. No. And all, what? No? No. No? No. And all the guys. Come on, guys. Forge this week. Um, men, your pastor's challenging you. Mm. Rise. Rise, 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 rise. Come on. Get get in forged. Learn the word of God.
Let's apply this thing uh, to be men who are willing to say, as for me and my house, man, we're, we're, we are on fire for God. We're going to serve the Lord with everything we got. So, so we love you guys. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being with us today. Yeah.